Welcome to the Aspen Chapel podcast with Nicholas and Heather Vesey. Reading from Hazrat Inyat Khan. The secret of the existence of the individual, as well as the whole cosmos, lies in one thing, and that is balance. It wouldn't be exaggerated if I said that success and failure are caused by balance and by lack of it. Progress and lack of progress can be explained as coming from balance and lack of balance. Well, last week here we looked at happiness and that idea that happiness is not found in something outside ourselves, but is found within us. That's not to say that things like relationships and experiences can't give us happiness, just that the happy experience we have comes from within and shouldn't be dependent on that which is without. But that gives us the problem of what to do when we feel unhappy, which is quite a bit of time for most of the world. For me, the key thing is to be able to keep our lives in balance. Like a gyroscope that stays in balance with all the parts spinning, when life takes us on a ride, we have to be able to maintain that balance. Because that's what keeps our feet on the ground of happiness, even if sometimes it feels difficult. Happiness is not the absence of pain. Just look at childbirth, which contains so much pain, but also so much happiness. There can be both pain and pleasure within happiness. However, we have to keep our balance so that we're not tipped out of that state of grace, which is really what happiness is. It's a state of grace when our divine nature and our human nature both are in balance. And I think that quote from Khan makes so much sense. You only have to look at the precarious nature of life on earth. It's all about balance, temperature, oxygen, distance from the sun and other planets. We only exist because of the amazing balancing act that the Earth performs as it spins like its own gyroscope on its axis. And climate change is all about balance. The ecosystem of the planet is out of kilter because of what we humans have been doing. And as a result, the Earth tries to compensate and things for us start to get out of whack. Each of our lives is the same delicate balancing act. First, in remaining alive, we have to eat the right food, exercise. There are circumstances and activities that we have to do to enable us not to die. And then our finances enable us to keep our body and soul together. They have to be in balance. And then there's the deeper balance, the one we try to affect in our spiritual lives, 
to enable us to remain in that state of happiness no matter what's going on around us. Again, like the gyroscope, if circumstances throw us off, then we lose that equanimity and we're thrown into that experience of chaos that brings unhappiness. The key thing to remember is that just as happiness is our original state in that God is love or happiness and our happiness comes, our unhappiness comes from our losing our experience of that original state. So I think balance is also our original state. There's no need to attain it. The universe is, the planets are, the earth is, and in the same way we are all in balance. You know, if you weren't in balance, you wouldn't be here. The question is how to maintain our experience of balance, how to maintain it rather than attain it. And that's generally our problem, I think, is maintaining that experience of balance. We get thrown off by the circumstances that come our way, by, by our minds. We get thrown off by other people. We get thrown off by death, by just about everything that happens around us. And if we don't have our feet firmly placed on the ground of balance, everything can throw us off. Just like the gyroscope is fixed to its string or pencil or whatever, and you can turn it this way and that, and it'll stay balanced. So we have to be anchored in our balance. We can't try to look outward to get our balance by what's around us, because like motion sickness, we just become disorientated. Now, our balance, like our happiness, has to come from within us. If we're centered in the correct place, then nothing can throw us off. I think, you know, there are a number of areas uh, that we can be aware of in insurance to ensure that our balance is coming from within. So just a few areas where I think we can just be aware of so that we can keep our balance. First of all, not being attached to the outcome of circumstances. You know, we've covered this here many times before, but they all go to ensuring our balance. Our balance can't be within us if we're looking at external circumstances. So we have to do what we do and not worry about the outcome. That whole bit in the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus says, do not worry, is about that. It's about not looking at the external circumstances in order for us to feel balanced. Because the moment you start relying on external circumstances, then you lose your balance because you're waiting for something to happen. So first of all, not relying on external circumstances. And to do that, I think you have to have your attention on your heart and not in your mind. Your mind will throw you off and not give you balance. Your heart will give you a beating constancy, a centeredness that won't fail you. Courage. Literally, courage, the French cur meaning heart, age. Courage is heartage. It's being in your heart. And that then takes us to the third one, the breath. Again, the constancy. All, as all is swirling around, so your breath is the still point 
in the turning world. It gives you the balance to stay present to all. And that takes us to the fourth area of balance, which I think is time. Your breath means you're not in the past, you're not in the future, but you're balanced in the present. And from this present moment, everything is possible and is available. And all of that goes together to give you poise, from the French word meaning weight, poids. You can balance all the weights that are around you and still be perfectly balanced. I'm going to fall over the moon. My yoga is not as good as it used to. But you can just be in total balance, depending on wherever your weight is. That word balance is interesting as well. It means, it means having two. That's what balance means by lengths. Uh, having two, and it refers to the s- two scale pans uh, when, you, when you actually um, find the balance in weights. The idea, again, of the combination between two natures. It's very easy to see our human nature, but our, our divine is there too. And when we achieve that perfect balance, we're living equally with those two natures. The inner nature and the outer nature are in balance. The divine and the human are in balance. And so our lives are in balance. And we call this happiness when our lives are in balance. And so in doing this, we have to find the balance between our human nature and our divine nature, not emphasizing one side or the other. We have to rediscover that natural balance that we're born with, but we've learned to disregard. You know, the world teaches us that we have to do things in our own strength to get on, to make the most of our lives. And all that comes from our heads, from the human side of it, from our imagination, from the ideas that were given by others. And that limits us because then our horizon becomes that which we can imagine. Whereas in reality, we can't conceive what could be offered to us in our lives. We limit ourselves when we do things by our own strength. Not only that, but we do not end up with that peace that is the seat of all happiness. When we acknowledge the existence of the divine in our lives, we find the balance between our own strength and in letting go into the arms of that other, and then we find peace. But it's not always easy to do. How do we decide what we, what we ought to do and what we ought not to do? Those good Episcopals amongst us will remember the uh, King James Version of the Bible in the, in the Great Confession, which says, we have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against your holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done. And we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And there is no health in us, but thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us. Those lovely old words, but they do have the same thing. It's the same thing between the balance between the human and the divine nature. It's difficult to find that balance. So how do we do it? How do we find that balance? Well, first and foremost, I think, it's our spiritual practice. And that assumes you have a spiritual practice. Um, 
And I do know you have a spiritual practice because you're all here turned up on a Sunday or watching on a Sunday, and being here is a spiritual practice. But also, all the most valuable insights, you know, they don't come, you know, from hearing me rabbit on here. They happen in whatever practice that you've got. So do continue with that. And if you haven't got a spiritual practice and you want to set one up, then give me a call and we'll, we'll have a chat um, and we'll do that. So we work on our balance in our practice, particularly in meditation. We let go of circumstances in meditation. We come out of our minds into our hearts. We come into our breath. We let go of time and come into the present moment and we become poised on the cushion or on the stool. We create that perfect balance and practice absolutely being there. So having practiced that, the next step is to create balance in our lives, in everyday life. And to do that, you've got to be aware of your feelings, of your thoughts, of your tendencies. You know, asking yourselves, am I in balance here? And that could cover every eventuality. We have to be aware of those four areas, worrying about the outcomes, being of the heart, our breath, and time, in order to create that poise to deal with whatever the universe throws at us. Which is why it's so important to develop consciousness of our thoughts and feelings as we go through life. They all help us navigate. And if we're not conscious of them, then we get thrown out of whack and we get thrown out of balance. When something happens, like a loss or a shock of some sort, you know, our tendency is to, the mind is to immediately rush for strategies. You know, what can we think of to deal with the situation? I must call my broker. You know, we see what alternative remedies there might be. We look at the jobs page, call my lawyer, fight back. That's the time to go in and find that place of rest, find that poise, find that response from the divine nature, to rest in the middle of the drama and find that point of peace. Then when you found that point of peace, that balance, you can then be with the drama rather than be at the effect of it, like that gyroscope. And from that point of peace, often the answer will come. To acknowledge the divine in this is to make ourselves truly human because you have to acknowledge both natures, the divine and the human, to be fully human, which is really the whole message of what Jesus came for, the whole idea of balance in dealing with the two. Each of us has to find that balance. And when you look at pictures of Jesus and you have his hands up like that, it's not a peace sign early, he's actually, that symbol that Jesus is often doing is showing those two natures. That's what it means when you see that. And you've got to find, you know, each person, each of us has our own balance. And we have to find our own way. You can't look and say, this is the way balance is. I mean, if you take meditation, for example, they always say in all the books, you know, you've got to meditate for 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the evening to do meditation. That doesn't work for me. You know, I don't enjoy that. I've got other things to do in the evenings. And so I like to meditate for, you know, an hour in the mornings. And I don't do anymore. My, my balance in my meditation practice is there. Someone else's balance will be over there. Each of us will have a different place to find our balance. So you don't have to copy someone to have that balance. You know, each of us has our different place. Your balance in 
that area is the sweet spot, the place where we feel that complete peace. And it's the case in all aspects of life. When we achieve that balance, whatever's going on, then we find peace in work, in life, in food, in drinking. An alcoholic's place of balance is different in relation to alcohol from someone who is not an alcoholic. You know, for me, when life gets stressful, I stop drinking. That gives awareness and balance for me to be able to respond to circumstances in appropriate way. I find that helps me rather than have to deal with all the intoxication in my body and lack of sleep and all that sort of It gives me a, a way to go forward. But, you know, in reality, we're always in balance, actually. Our mind might not think we are, but, you know, the very fact you're, you know, sitting there and alive means that you're in balance. Um, and there's actually nothing to do. As I said last week, you know, about happiness, that balance is our true nature, like happiness is. It's our true nature. And, you know, it's our mind and everything else that takes us out of that. We just have to relax into that balance. I've told this story before. Some of you, I'm, you know, after you've been here a while, you hear all my stories. But, but the fact is, lovely guru stories, and it pertains to this. The story, the, the story of a monastery, uh, and the abbot in the monastery died. This is a true story. And members of the order were asked to say why they should become the next abbot. And a big blackboard was erected in the courtyard and applicants were invited to submit their ideas uh, as to why they should be the next abbot. And the deputy abbot, the person who was made the favourite uh, to inherit the role, wrote on the board that the mind is like a polished mirror and not until every speck of dust is removed from the mirror will the mind become clear and will enlightenment be attained? And he went on to explain the nature of the mirror and the nature of the speck of dust and how it all worked and stuff like that. And the contribution was admired by everyone for its eruditeness. Well, one morning, uh, it was discovered that someone in the middle of the night had come and drawn a line through the whole passage and simply written, what polished mirror, what speck of dust? And the head monks immediately launched an investigation to find out who'd done this thing. And they found uh, that the man who'd done it was one of the deputy cooks. And they took him and they immediately made him the new abbot. Because the thing that the cook realised that nobody else had was that the whole dilemma of the greater self and the smaller self and being balanced and all that thing it's all an illusion. There is no dilemma. There is no decision to make because the fact is when you make decisions like that between two natures, you're creating the illusion of there being two. And that's the key bit. There is, there is no struggle because the small self that worries about being successful is actually the same self as the greater self of the divine nature that is striving as well to do everything. We don't have to embark on a struggle. We have to let go and just let that struggle be. The struggle actually is illusory. If we want, if we could but trust our lives, we would know that we are always on that balance 
and there's no need to look down and check. We just put one foot in front of the other. To think that we can work it out and control it is complete vanity. It's devoid of real value. It's idle and unprofitable. Life is a perfect movement towards wholeness if we were to be but aware of it. And that's the key thing. This perfection doesn't have two natures. This is not really, it's not looking down that makes it work. It doesn't work if you're unconsciously living to your own agendas. You're still on the path, but in a way, if you've got your own agendas and not letting go, you're fighting it. And that path is always trying to get you to see the error of your ways. It's trying to bring you back to the consciousness of how perfect life is. And once you realize there is no struggle and you just relax into balance, then there's an experience of rightness and peace. There's not even balance, because balance needs the existence of two, and there is actually only one. There are no others. I and the Father are one. True non-duality does not have an opposite. So no, there is nothing to do, nothing to work out, and that your life is perfect. Balance is an interesting thing, I think. I, we have to be very careful on these chairs up here not to fall <laughs> off in terms of balance. But actually, I, I think it's quite an interesting thought that really the essence of life, you know, is about balance, is about keeping that balance. Even that the whole idea of Buddhism being the, the middle way and the idea of keeping our balance and that the root of everything is balance, you know, in happiness and keeping our feet on the ground. It, it, it's a huge thing, really, isn't it? Yeah, I've found it really helpful, in, in, especially in recent years, to, to think of our, our different centres of knowing, like different centres of knowing and intelligence. You know, we've got the intelligence, intelligence of our hearts, intelligence of our minds, our intellects, and the intelligence of our bodies. And it's so helpful, like, it's such a cool setup because, like, once... If one part of us becomes unbalanced, well, you, we, they can be kept in check by those other centers of knowing and loving, you know, wisdom. And um, that's been so helpful for me. And I can't resist just sharing the thing that I remember back in December, I, I thought this would be a fun, like, COVID project in terms of balance. And um, I decided that I would just make it, like, have a mission of learning to do a perfectly aligned handstand. <laughs> So I've been working on this for quite since December. Um, like most days, I'm totally into it, and I'm sure a lot of it is about you know it's quite vain and trying to defy aging. But there is a part, like there's there's something about that that um, in learning how to be you know stacked in the right way and to feel the intricacies of like even like my fingertips, like what they're doing on the ground and like all the different parts of my body. It's like what has my body's wisdom got to teach me every time I do a handstand it reveals to me um, where I'm out of balance it reveals something to me about my life and it's a it's just been a cool practice for me actually <laughs> I've not taken this up myself <laughs> the, the, the handstand bit myself <laughs> but actually when you think about it it, it is it, that the whole handstand thing is a practice of balance you have to really be aware of every single bit of your body 
to, to maintain that balance. And I think yoga must be that as well. It's all, there's a huge amount of, yoga meaning union, that huge amount of balance in yoga as well, isn't there? I mean, it's just so, yes, it's, it's so cool because it's the, it's the coming together of opposites and it's, it's just understanding uh, how to, uh, you know, alignment uh, in our bodies and our minds and our hearts. Like, it's just, uh, I recommend handstanding. And you could, you could speak to Bruce. He's quite an expert on this. Bruce is good at handstanding. Well, he's an elite <laughs> athlete, isn't he? But the interesting thing about, uh, about that is that when, you, when you've got something going on, your focus is always to handle the thing that's going on. But if your focus is what is out of balance here, then it puts a different perspective on it. And you, you start to think in a different way. You start to, you know, trying to work out not just how to handle this situation, but what in you has caused the imbalance in the situation. And you focus on, on your internal life and you just allow yourself to be more free, I think. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I totally fell out of balance this week. I totally lost my equilibrium. But there's, a, there's, a, there's, there's, life is always equilibrium, disequilibrium, equilibrium, disequilibrium. It's just the way it is, and then, and then we die. Um, but to, to just know that there's, there's always the opportunity to come back into balance, and it's just yeah. there, it's available. The minute I sat down here this morning, I just felt this like groundedness and presence just here with everyone, and just, it's there. It's so, you know, the presence is there and available. To reground us. And, and I think in, in our lives, you always talk that we need to grow up and really think about things and things like that. I came across a great quote about, uh, from uh, the, the Italian film director, Pier, uh, uh, Paolo Pasolini, about you know, just allowing things to happen in a different way. This is his, his, from his diary. He wrote, Grown up? Never, never. Like existence itself which never matures, staying always green from splendid day to splendid day. I can only stay true to the stupendous monotony of the mystery. That's why I've never abandoned happiness. That's why in the anxiety of my sins, I've never been touched by real remorse. Equal, always equal to the inexpressible at the very source of who I am. I love that. Thanks for listening. If you feel moved to make a donation to the chapel, please go to aspenchapel.org. Thank you. And if you'd like to receive these podcasts regularly, subscribe to the Aspen Chapel through Apple, Google Play, YouTube, or any other outlet.